Hello, and welcome back to the Shadow Work Library. On today's bonus episode, I'm interviewing Sonia Barrett. Sonia is a super, super wise woman when it comes to many things, but on this particular episode, I really wanted her to dive into money. There's a lot of stuff happening in the news right now about a projected recession. Uh, business just looks a little different than it you know, than we're used to. So I felt like this would be a great time to bring her on to talk about the shadow work of money. We get into some of the programming that we have around money, uh, that we don't actually make money because we can't make energy. It's a complete reframe around our perception of this currency that we're working with. She goes through money survival techniques that we have justified as being just a normal way of talking about money and also some of the spirituality and the esoterics of money. So if you are feeling like you're super spiritual and super high vibing when you got enough in your bank account, and I say enough, we'll get more into what enough means in a moment, and then you feel the swing into wow, I'm feeling like there's a little bit of lack going on. The money in the bank account's going down. I don't have the job that I want. I'm not making the income that I want. I'm spending too much in strange ways. And you're feeling like money has an iron grip on how you experience the world, then I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So I'll just leave it at that. Enjoy this episode with Sonia Barrett. Yeah, I had to reach out to you because I think it was last year you were in the Rama Institute's business school. Is that right? Or right, was it the year right. before? It was uh, last year. Okay. Yeah. 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 Kind of a, a weird time for business. So I was yeah. finding myself like interesting, feeling weird about money. And I signed up for that course Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't go through anything except for yours. <laughs> so I paid like this large amount to just watch yours. And I was like, that's all I needed. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, no, you weren't the first person that said that. I think, uh, to some degree, yeah, Guru Jagat, she she did say that. We had to cut that part out now. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it was really, um, yeah, she, she was very excited uh, with, with the aspect that I delivered. So it felt so real. And I knew that I wanted to connect with you in some way. And your name came back to me just a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. when somebody had reached out saying, can you do a podcast, a shadow work podcast on money? It's like, yeah, that'd be great. Cause I have a lot that I want to learn about that as well. And Sonia Barrett's name popped up in my mind. She had this really cool way of reframing things. So before we get into that, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about yourself and what you do with our listeners. Um, you know, that's always an interesting question to me. You know, I still I still go, what do I do? Okay, so basically I'm I'm gonna say that my work, uh, and this is really just hearing it from also the people that engage in my work and retreats. Um, it's very transformative. It's about freedom. Um, what I, the, the work that I do or the information that I share is always about assisting others in really getting to this personal, deep level of freedom. And I think, you know, because people are always trying to be free and then it's defining what that means for, um, for someone. And for myself, everything that I share is based on my own personal investigation 
and search. Um, you know, in my beginnings, I would say my my very focused beginnings of being curious. And I've been curious all my life, but there's always a point in your life where something happens. Like you, you know, went through a divorce and just really needed to understand, you know, what, what this was that I had lived for, for those years and just kind of went diving in myself at, at that point. And to cut a long story short, um, what I eventually, what I've discovered is what I became a child in a candy store and I just kept digging deeper. I realized that there were layers and layers to be shed, layers of outdated programming, which means layers of outdated beliefs that were um, maybe passed on to me from fam you know, family and so on. So I guess we can cover you know, whatever you wanna cover uh, later, but just to give folks some insight. So I'm coming from um, understanding all aspects of the game, the money game in particular, from having none, you know, a single, a divorced mom, single mom with, you know, raising two kids and going through all of the survival programs, you know, and ultimately realizing that the survival programs were just looping me more into the survival programs. <laughs> so anyway, here I am. Awesome. Um, and you also, were you the producer of, of that documentary? Uh, documentary. I produced a documentary called The Business of Disease, um, which came out in 2016. Uh, actually, yes, went into distribution in 2016. It was out in 2014. And, and so that can be found on Amazon Prime and um, Roku and YouTube on demand. And you know, voodoo, like a lot of places you can find it to watch. And um, it's it's definitely um, interesting because it very much fits in to this time uh, because the slogan is the cure is in the body, not in the business. Um, and, and, and at this time, this is something that we need to remember. And it deals not just with the pharmaceutical companies, but uh, largely with the emotional aspect of of people um the site the psychology of that um you know where disease really is coming from and so we have a lot of great experts like neuroscientists and um new, you know um naturopaths and uh, just just a, a great variety of people to help people to move from the fear and into a, a real connection with self mm. so again my work is about um I guess trans transformation. Trans, it's a very transformative uh, experience, or expansion is what I'm all about. How can we expand beyond our programs? And so I do a lot of workshops um, based on all of that and helping people to free themselves from their own uh, mental prison. <laughs> oh, that prison is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're your own worst uh, prison guard. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Warden. I mean, just everything. And yeah, we just make ourselves get stuck there and we're waiting for somebody else to free us. But, you know, I don't know if you want to get into all that, but that, that is the programming is that somebody is going to come and save us. And, um, and so that's something I realized that we have a deep savior program. We want somebody to save us, to tell us what to do, to fix things for us. And and that's how we land in um, the social situation that we find mm -hmm. today. And 
uh, in our own personal lives too, because we 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 tend to give over responsibility to someone else because we don't. It's a lot of work being responsible for yourself. It's it requires change. Um, it requires so much, and we are a species. It seems like that likes safety and um, security. So safe ideas, safe perspectives that are comfortable that seem pretty finite and pretty conclusive and that's what that's what we like we don't like the unknown so mm -hmm. that that puts us in just so many what we define as predicaments um it, it directs us into making so many choices that become again our own prisons and it's easier to blame someone else i get it you know it's easier to put it off on something or someone else but again, this work, what I discovered is that there is no way for me to get beyond this feeling of entrapment or feeling of life having its you know, foot on my neck without actually working on myself. Not from this topical sound good you know, way, but I'm talking deeply telling yourself the truth about yourself. Oh, girl. <laughs> If there is a year to become autonomous, I feel like it's this year. It's right? true. <laughs> it's this year. It's like, it's like, yeah, we we don't like telling ourselves the truth. It's very, you know. So yeah, I'll let, I'll let you um let me know where you want me to go with that. Yeah, Sonia, you're so funny because uh, you're also a, a radio host. <laughs> it's funny to <laughs> chat with other hosts because it's like, who's running the show right now? Right? Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you just, you can stop talking now. So. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's perfect. You're the one that's being interviewed. Yeah. Um, so I really do want to get into some of the programming that we have around money. Um, mm. And one of the things that I, one of the many things that I loved about your talk during the business school was some of these things that we tell ourselves, like, I just want to make enough money to be comfortable. Could you speak a little bit more to some of these things that we usually think are totally fine to say like yeah, responsible yeah. things to say right and that's the i love that word that's a great word because we are all hung up on being responsible people and doing the responsible thing and we've got this responsible and responsibility program um and 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 again you know i'm always saying the good person program the good good people program and you know these beliefs we feel good in saying well you know i just want enough you know to be able to pay my bills and take care of this and that and i think because deep down there for for many people there is still this money is like evil thing and you don't want to step outside of your your boundaries um your your economic programming boundaries really um and want more right um and and it it's it's greed attached to it and it just just all kinds of problems can come from it now we might not be thinking that on a conscious level but it's there it's there somewhere because it's part of uh it's been part of this broadcasted um silent but loud broadcasted programming from families uh your parents and 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 church if you're a religious person in particular mainly the church um so many of the the um what should we say um 
uh, masters isn't the word I wanted to use, but so people like uh, Jesus, for those people who are really into Christianity from that standpoint, you know, we see these people as having been poor and humble. So, so we associate humility with not asking for too much, not wanting too much. Um, you know, it's just, just a lot of subservient beliefs um, and, and almost like we're going to be punished if we, you know, step outside of that. So I think that that those statements hold, as you can see, a lot of hidden programs in there. And if we just, if we want just enough, that's such limitation. It's like just enough to do that. And so that's a law. And I like to remind people that they create these laws, these terms and conditions that they live their life by no differently than the terms and conditions that we constantly check off or sign off on all day long on our phones. And, you know, and it just so many um, of these uh, virtual spaces now, uh, you're signing the, the terms and conditions, you're accepting that. Well, we create our own terms and conditions all day long and our, our brain, our mind is looking for you, that, that essence, that, that being that is really regulating this virtual, your personal virtual um, life experience to determine what the laws are, what are the rules here? And those are rules you create. I want just enough to do these things. So you get just enough to do these things. Um, you know, cause that's, that's who you created. I just, that's all I want. Um, so we, we say these different things like this all day long and we, without realizing it, then we go, gosh, I, I, you know, I don't know why, you know, I can't get ahead. I don't know, you know, why this, I don't know why that. And then the more we are saying, I don't know why I can't get ahead is the more you can't get ahead because you're just reaffirming the fact that. <laughs> You can't get ahead. And, and, and then getting ahead, it's like, what does that mean for you? So again, deep down, we have um, our definition, right? Unspoken definition of what that looks like in our lives. And a lot of times that's gonna stem from the environment that you are part of, that you grow up in, the, the society that you're part of, the family uh, belief system that you're part of. Um, another great thing I want to throw out too is um, this, what is it? This 1%, 2%, 3%, whatever it is. So we, so we have these concepts in us that only those people, certain people can have um, certain quantities then of money. And in a way you're saying, I'm just going to stay in my lane. I'm going to stay in my lane. So so we've created these these um, economic lanes for ourselves as to, you know, what's appropriate for us. You know, we are not those people, and so we are not the rich. We are not the wealthy because we already have this negative concept about the wealthy, which takes us back to the negative concept that we have about money. We don't want to be those people. We don't want to be seen as those people because they have a bad rap. So it's safer to be in this limiting um, perspective about what's, what's, what's allowed for yourself. And not only that, it bonds us 
with groups as well, with uh, family, um, with friends. And it, I always say, if you look around you and you look at, you evaluate the people that you know, how I, you will find that most of the people that you know are going to be in the same uh, or right in their economic space as you are. Some may be a little bit of a, but, but there's this boundary that nobody crosses. And you find that you belong, you belong to this tribe, really, of um, this, this economic tribe, this tribe of how the people think. Um, that's where you belong. And in you, you don't believe that you could really mix well with people outside of that. And that's why we, we look at celebrities the way that we look at celebrities or people with money. There's a, a sort of this worship. There's sort of this out of your range kind of feeling. So we start looking at all of that. And what it does is it shows you what you're, you're made of. It shows you what you, how you're shaped, what you have, I, how you've identified yourself. For me, that was something that I, I had, I stepped back and I started to look at over the years, start understanding it more and more. I was like, wow. So this is like just all BS that I've like, you know, told myself. So um, anyway, so we can go further. Uh, let you tell me where you want to go. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I do want to go with this is that game, right? Mm-hmm. After I had that reframe, and I think maybe before we get into the game, you can talk more about how we don't actually make money, how oh. we can't make energy. And when I heard that, I was like, oh man, that is like changing a lot of things up. And it's funny because after I listened to your lecture, I talked to my husband, I was trying to explain some of these concepts and he was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I had a few no. people in that same situation. One lady said, did you talk to my husband? Could you, could you really explain this to him? And I'm like, yeah. just, why don't you just have him at least watch this again? Yeah. And then if he still wants to talk to me. Because, yeah, there's yeah. there's a progression of, <laughs> of some of these things taken out of context. It's like you've lost your mind, but it makes yeah, so think- much sense. So yeah, I would love for you to explain that. It's like when it clicks, um, it, it, it really clicks. But what I realized is that money is a catalyst and in a big way. And I, I've often explained that one day, one day, the energy of money spoke to me and said, I am always here. I am always here, but I show up according to the story you still need to run, you know? And that was huge because when you think about it, when you started to evaluate this, you're like, well, wait a second. There is no shortage of money. It just, it, it, I mean, you might not have that quantity, but there technically is no shortage. Somebody has what you would define as trillions of dollars or billions of dollars. So there is no shortage. The question now is about you. It comes back to what is your story? So when I've done um, workshops uh, over the years, one of the things I like to ask people is, okay, so if the things that you want to happen, right, based on this money, is not happening right now, what, look at what is the story that's being run while the desired outcome is not happening? You have to look at that. What, what What is playing out for you right now? Because 
that's really where it is. Now, let me explain this a little bit more too. When I say money is a catalyst and it's always there, um, but you might not have that. When we are, um, I was going to go there with some, some other thought and then another thought came in, but um, when you are living life, say, in whatever way you're living life, um, you might have a belief about your, you know, specific belief about yourself um, that requires that you not have quite a bit of money. Like you need, you, you, you need to, to fulfill or see this story. You need for this thing to be worked out so that you can, it can be shifted and cleared. If you had the money, the large quantity, then it wouldn't happen. You would be in a completely different space. It would not happen. Yet this thing over here needs to, it keeps trying to show itself to you in a pattern and it needs to be cleared. And so therefore we're ending up with jobs and conditions and businesses that may not be flourishing as much um, because of these particular stories that still need to be worked out. So, you, so, so does that make sense? If you think about it, if you, like if I had a large quantity, what we define as a large quantity of money, say in the very beginning, when I, when I got divorced, when I uh, left my husband and I went through my, my struggles. Now, had I left and I had, you know, millions of dollars, um, I, would I have really wanted to dive into myself in that moment, in that manner? Would I, I no, I probably would have soothed my soul with maybe going shopping, I don't know, buy more, more land at that moment. Maybe I would have opened two or three more businesses. You know, I would have done all of those things. And many times, it's not that I'm saying any of this is good or bad. Many times it's simply a distraction from the core, core programs that need to be addressed. My situation of being in such lack um, kept forcing me to dig deeper. Now, of course, after many, many years of moving through many of these things and seeing them, I can truly say that I am free to flourish. I, I, I am free for that to happen now because I get it. It well, The money is not the thing. It's not the thing. And then the other part is realizing that, you know, I don't make, you don't make money. Okay. Money is this current. It's this, this energy, right? In our world, we, you, we need tangible things to identify. So we, we've used rice, you know, uh, we've used, um, now we use coin, we use paper, we use sugar. You know, we've used all these different things to identify this currency, but that's what it is. It is a current, it is a flow. It actually is free energy. But according to where you are, you're not, you're, you're experiencing um, a quantitative value then, a certain value um, that you identify as a little or a lot. You're experiencing either the extreme of, of not very much or the extreme of a lot. And so when I say that you can't create money, 
understand this. We have choice points. So our actions, everything we do as we change or if we don't change, the choices that we make land us in certain choice points, certain points in our lives that make whatever it is available to us, right? We're, 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 we're interacting with flow, whether it be yeah, minimally or whether the floodgates start to open up. It's all based on the change that's happening in us. And so we're landing in these choice points that would land us in you know, our money zone as to what that looks like. But technically, no, you're not making anything. Money is really there to allow us this, the engagement of, um, of discovery, of self-discovery. And you can have what we define as a lot of money too. And, it's, and you have to have it in a way for some people that the misery, maybe they experience a tremendous amount of misery. Um, maybe they experience, yes, the using money as a distraction, but they're, they're still haunted. It doesn't matter, little or a lot. Everybody is getting the experience that they are needing to have in that, that zone. So uh, I, I hope that there's, there's more to it than that. Oh, and let me throw this in real quickly. All right, so um, also what I did discover um, was the programming of um, quantitative value, the value that we placed on, uh, on, on money, on what a dollar is or $5 or $20 or $30 or whatever. So we, I realized that we, we um, collectively agree on this value, value point. And, and those who govern our world here, um, they help to create this, these value points for us. So when somebody says a million dollars, we are like, whoa, you know, that's just like an incredible amount. But if you think about it from a mathematical perspective, eh, do we really know what? Two plus two, I mean, is two plus two, was that four? Okay, so all of this is like, you know, I'm look, I looked at this, I'm like, our timetables, it's, it's very set. It says two times three is gonna be six. But I, but I don't really know what, what does that really mean? The bottom line of it is for those people who are going, huh, what? The reason why you're short circuiting is because you're, locked into the idea that this is what you've been taught without really assessing the fact that these are just agreed on ideas. That's all. We agree that two, two plus two is four and then we create an identification for what two looks like, you know? And so it's just coming to that realization that that's what you have. We're, we're, we're like made up of, of agreed on programs to run everything so that we are collectively uh, to some degree on the same page. We have the same reference points. But I, that was one of the things I started looking at. And then the last thing that I will throw in is when I also realized that you, and this is what, this is gonna get people. Um, <laughs> for me, when I went through this money change, I realized that money, since it's represented by numerical value, I'm like, well, I can't, I can't run out of money. So I started to change my perception based on all of these things that I started to look at and understand. 
can you run out if you can't run out of numbers i'm like well you can't run out of money you can't you just really can't you start out with number what, what do you start out with when you look at a series of numbers what does it start with right in front of it is always zero it's always that that zero right that 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 womb out of that comes everything out of that nothing because that's what we we are told is like zero is nothing was nothing because it's everything everything comes out of nothing so this zero right in front then nobody looks at how one steps right on out of zero, you know, and then two and three and four, and you can count into forever. You could never run out. Why? Because there, every, there really is nothing there, right? But somehow these numbers for us allow us to experience the material world and to experience what looks like everything. So we use these mathematical formulas um, because they represent patterns. And so I give that explanation because I'm hoping to get people to understand more about how this idea of money is bigger. You, we, we want to just talk, narrow it and go, okay, let's just talk about money. No, you can't talk about it unless you look at a bigger picture scientifically as well, look at a bigger picture and the psychology of it and to understand how we operate by programs and beliefs and that we agree to these things collectively and, um, and that's what run our worlds. And then we extract from that and start and shape our own personal beliefs. And, um, and then we operate by that be, uh, in that manner, a blueprint. We operate from this blueprint that we've created that's been stimulated and started by our parents, by our family, our family's understanding of money and all that you've heard. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, anyway, it's also generational as well. You don't have a code. You have a code for, for flourishing. People that tend to have what we call a lot of money, um, their offspring may, you know, come along and they have a lot of money and then they don't have any money, but they have a coding for it. So they go out and they get more again because they have a coding for it. Most people do not have a coding for money. And so when we understand this, we start understanding how we can rewrite our own programs and codes coming from our families and what our parents said and what they told us and how we change we start to reframe all of that so anyway it's a much bigger picture. yeah um i so on one hand i'm like my soul totally gets this and on the other hand my brain is like short circuiting <laughs> but i'll tell you sonia i failed college algebra three times because I was like, I don't understand what this means. Like numbers, you know, they have to equal certain things at all times. And my brain just did not want to accept that. And I swear, I need to reach out to Cal State Long Beach to figure out if this is true, but I swear they invented a new math class for me because I was just not passing. And so it was mathematical theory. And it was kind of like what you're talking about here. It's like the theory of numbers, no real actual like equations happening. Yeah. So I get, I really feel this. Um, something and that understand this, I didn't uh, understand this. What you're telling me, um, I've never even taken that class. I've never, this is all realizations that I came to. So just to say that to people, 
mm-hmm. which means that it's there. If, if, if they're giving classes, you know, regarding that, and I've never taken those classes, um, that means it's, it's in us. There is legitimacy to all of, to, you know, to all of this. So I, I get what, and I didn't like algebra either. So. <laughs> okay, cool. We have that in common. Yeah. Um, just to clarify on that, they didn't even get close to what you're talking about, but it was the start of getting people thinking differently about numbers. Yeah. So um, another thing that comes to mind as you were talking about generational coding is this scene in Arrested Development. I don't know if you've seen that show, but like there's this really- I know of the show. I don't think it's- Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really, really wealthy family. It's a comedy. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. And the they own a banana stand. And um, the mom, who's this hilarious character, she's like this really proper, uber rich woman, you know? And she's right. like, what does a banana cost? $10, you know? She's like so disconnected from, <laughs> from like average people, you know? Right. But she's not afraid of charging, you know, $20 for a frozen banana. And yeah. that confidence that like whatever energy is behind that has people mm. being like, oh, well, there must be something special about this frozen banana. I'm going to buy this. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, it's like that energy flow of like whatever $10 means to her, which may be 50 cents to certain people mm-hmm. is different. Right. Like that's important. Yeah. Um, the, okay. there's a, a woman that I follow who's a conscious money expert, her name, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what it is, but uh, she works a lot with $2 bills. And she had mentioned that $2 bills don't, they're like the only form of currency that don't hold this negative energetic thing to it. Like they're fun. You know, you don't usually spend two bucks, but it's still money. Um, And I really like that. So it kind of reminded me of what you're talking about Mm -hmm. here, having that connection to something that's so big, but all it is, is a piece of paper that has such hold on people. We don't interact with $2 bills very much. And it's, it doesn't really, um, there's no real, like you said, value attachment to it. Um, but even a $1 bill is, is perceived a bit different. And, um, and, and of course, obviously $50 and a hundred dollars, you know, the, the perception that's attached to, uh, those bills, it's amazing. The wiring, the money wiring in, uh, in the brain. Um, but in terms of what you're saying about the, that woman, it's, it's all um, relative, you know, cost is definitely relative. And I mean, again, you know, we could get into so many aspects of this, because, you know, those are all things that I, that I ended up having to go through and determine about this idea of cost, you know, because we live in a world of, oh, that's a little or a lot. Oh, that's too much. Or, you know, somebody else that's, that's going "Hmm, $2,000 for a pair of shoes, you know, big deal. Mm -hmm. So, so we live, we live in this, this whole, this uh, polarization when it comes to money, but again, you know, it's attached to what our belief systems are, what our programs are. Um, and, and I did start having to live outside of this idea of that kind of quantitative value. Um, but to also throw in real quickly for people who are running their own business or looking at going into business for themselves, I always like to remind people that you need, you have to charge according to what you're comfortable with. People tend to Mm. want to charge according to what they think um, other people will be comfortable with. Um, They tend to want to make sure that they don't charge too much because, you know, people can't afford it right now. Um, Or, you know, if they charge what they define as too much, then they might not get customers or clients. 
but that's not true. That is just a way to um, to be okay with, with with a belief system that's there. That's all. That just is validation for uh, for um, holding on to these these very narrow beliefs. That's all that that is. Because I tell you right now, as everybody will, you all all know what I'm about to say is true. Um, if indeed somebody, some you're you're selling something, and I don't know, five six hundred dollars for, I don't know, a pen. There is always people out there that will go, oh wow, I love that, or they find it to be more valuable because it's five hundred as opposed to the five dollars. There are people that won't buy what you have because it's, they feel it's too cheap, but they will buy it if it's in the range that their brain is wired for, for value placement. This is about you know value placement. So when we are deciding what we're going to charge for our services, it all comes down to the value that you placed on yourself. It's, it's like an incredible opportunity to truthfully say, see where you are. What is the value that you place on yourself and your services? And when you determine what you're gonna you know, charge, and I love the word charge, because again, we're dealing with frequencies, we're dealing, you know, with um, uh, electromagnetic, electromagnetic experience. But when you determine what you're going to charge, it can't be from your head, it can't be from, a, you know, just logic, where you go, okay, well, I've listened to this talk, and I think I'm going to charge, you know, $100 for, uh, for this pen. If you're not if that is not your truth and you are not comfortable with it, it will not work for you. Mm -hmm. Nobody will buy it for a hundred dollars. But if you take it back to the truth of what you really think, which is $5, then you'll get people buying it. That's how that works. It's all about you. It's not about what the world can afford because there is tons of people there that will buy what you have. It's about you and what you think you, the value you wanna put on your service or product. That is one of the things that I learned. And when you do it, at first, sometimes it, it may be like, oh, wow, you know, nobody's getting anything. So then we start to panic, you know, nothing's happening. That's your test moment of the truth of what you really, you know, how, how cemented are you in this value? When we make these decisions, we then have to be okay with going about our business, going about our lives. And, um, and if somebody, you know, if they come along and they, they order, they do. When we are attaching survival to it, and I get it, because I, again, I have lived this. You're attaching survival to this. Well, I need at least 10 people to buy this thing. And you're in survival mode. It's like two different things that we're dealing with. There's survival mode that will keep you in survival mode. Um, it just goes on and on. Or there is that, that deep realization, a deep understanding. That's why I'm saying to you, this money changeover is so deep. It's so much bigger. When you, when you go into this other deeper change because you so get it, and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm anchored in this now. I'm, it's cemented. I get it. Then you have to be 
okay with if nobody seems to get anything because guess what ultimately it will happen they will but can you hold out for that so these are truthful things and we can talk ourselves into different things we can try to convince ourselves we can tweak things to make it go oh no 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 things are being successful um but then you reduced it you know whatever it is you've got to that point so much so that you're in a comfortable zone again so much of this is just we're, we're, we're all about survival you know that's what we do um so anyway so it's a it's a much bigger picture and i hope at least this part kind of explains that to people don't don't put a value on your service or product unless you can own that you can step away if nobody if nobody books like if i decide to do a workshop and um and i decide this is what i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna charge and i i, I then have gotten to that point where okay you know if, if nobody wants to pay that then i'm good with that then then i'm then i'm okay with it and when you the more okay you are with it is the more you are you have opened it up to now allow a a, a, a new selection of people that would otherwise not be there because your you, your space was so narrow and so limited to a certain perception of the people that you, that can afford it right so you've locked yourself into this afford space or these people will you know they'll be able to afford it in the meantime you have closed the door on just this wide variety of people that are there that will come right so you have to um let it go you have to just let it go step away do whatever it is you're doing and know that it will happen one way or the other i'm okay mm, those are things this is i mean that right there is the shadow work of money right like i love how you had talked about not being able to try to figure out money just by looking at your bank account or just by creating yeah. a new product or just by trying to get a raise it's like mm -hmm. when you have that amount of money that you want what are you even going to do with it and so i was hoping that you could rewind a bit and take us through a specific example um can be fictional example of how this plays out in real life so let's say i'm somebody who uh, perhaps i'm not an entrepreneur i'm somebody who has like quote a normal job and that right. gets paid but i'm just like feeling very lack um and i'm feeling that swing of scarcity more on the scarcity side and i just want more money like where do i start with this mm -hmm. right okay so all right so if you're in that situation then again then you have to look at pattern you have to look at what you what your core beliefs are about this particular job um you know do is everything hanging on this job why is it that i won't maybe look at open up and go you know what maybe let me look at maybe it's time to go somewhere else mm -hmm. you have to look at where you're locking yourself in um it's like yeah well i need this job you know it doesn't pay much but i need this job okay fine you're there but if you're there 
thinking, yes, this job doesn't pay much, but I need that right now. But I am open to more. I'm open to the possibilities. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just keep my eyes open. I'm going to start looking. I'm going to just open up the possibility. I'm going to let the possibilities know that I'm available, right? I'm available for um, that, that alignment to happen. And that's what you have to do. You, you, you have to get out of the narrow of the, the, the um, ritual then of, I don't know what to do. Because the more you're like, I don't know what to do is the more you don't know what to do because you're <laughs> telling yourself, I don't know what to do. So that's your rule right there is I don't know what to do, which means you can't know what to do because that's your, um, that's your truth. You don't know what to do. So you have to stop this mantra of, of lack, of lack thought of, of these, these things that you say to yourself and realize that I truly do exist in an ocean of possibilities. And if you're saying, I know that everything is possible, then, then step up to the plate with it. If everything is possible, why is it not possible for you? What, why are you narrowing the possibilities for yourself, right? Um, some people are just more comfortable with it. They've been working that job for a while. They're feeling comfortable. Oh, I really don't want to go anyplace else. Okay, so you don't want to go anyplace else. But then you're like, yeah, but, you know, I don't know. They're not going to give me a raise if I, you know. It's, that's still, you have either way, the ball is in your court. You have to step up and go, you know what? There is no reason why I shouldn't receive higher compensation for what I do. And I am open, I am open to receiving that. Um, and, and, and you can set that out there for that company, but you also want to be, um, truthful with yourself about that company and where you are. You, you, you have to be, otherwise you're going to sabotage yourself. You're, you're going to be reaching for something that is not really part of the makeup of that company matrix. Because every company, everything is its own little matrix. And, and, and we are where we are. You're in that job because it aligned with who you were when you took that job. <clears throat> so who are you now? And so as you open yourself up more to realizing that there is more here and that I really am just comfortable because what, maybe I'm scared to move forward. Sometimes even just that thought can open up fields in that job, open up areas in that job. I remember years ago when I was working in uh, corporate, I had allergies this morning, so I like tried not to sneeze. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was working in corporate America and I remember um, I worked for myself for a long time and then um, things weren't going so great. So I ended up going back to, um, to work. And when I, I took this job, it was like way less, just like way less, but I took it knowing that, okay, I'm going to take this job, but I'll be, I, I will be getting more money. I will need to get more money. Mm -hmm. I will definitely need to. So what I did was I was there for, I don't know, probably just a few months. And, um, and I went to 
it was supervisor who actually fought to have me um, there. And I went to her and I said, you know, I am just letting you know, I'm going to have to look for another job because I need to make this much money. I need to make this much. So I'm going to need to do that. And so she goes, oh, before you do anything, just wait right there. Just don't do anything. I'm going to go and I'm going to go speak to, you know, management, vice president, whoever. Um, and so she came back, you know, and she said, okay. She says, well, how much did you say you wanted? And it was a big jump. And um, I said, yeah, that's what I want. She said, okay, okay, we got that for you. Um, because I was, I was already in my mind, I was okay with leaving. I wasn't trying to play a game with her. It was like, this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> and so the freedom of being okay with that. Um, other instance with, just giving, giving people practical things. I later, which is a job, the only job I've ever worked at that long, which is like four years. <laughs> Generally, I'm like, okay, time to go. Um, but that's because things were as I needed them to be. And I had also already told myself that I knew I was going back to school, meaning the, in the work arena, there were things that I needed to learn. I realized that there were some disciplines, some things that I needed. And I knew that I would go and I would get the ideal job and I would work. Um, on and when, when those things that I needed to, to learn, whatever they were, was completed, life, it, I would shift. So I knew that going in. And so later on, I don't know, it could have been a year or so uh, later on, I was recommended for this new division that they had to you know to run the um the to the accounting department the supervisor for the accounting department um not liking accounting but you know it paid, it paid the bills so there it is so then then i get this other huge boost in in salary but again i was already open i did not have any fear of you know whatever like oh my god i got to keep this job no I, that, so, so I'm saying to you, it's all about how you come to the table. And I have many instances where I have just put my money where my mouth is. Uh, same company put my money where my mouth is. Um, I don't know if you want me to tell one more situation. I would. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was right. hoping you would talk about the one where you're an entrepreneur at this point and you're like, I feel like I want this amount. And then you just started adding on to it and they were like, okay, okay, okay. Like, love that. Oh, okay. All right. So, so there's that situation. Okay. I'll tell you. You can tell that. how many stories you want. So they're all really good. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So let me make sure I write that one down. Um, the, okay. So the, the one that I was talking, oh, okay. Okay. All right. So, okay. Let me make sure I make a note. All right. So this one with the same company is a little bit different, different. It wasn't necessarily money related, but I want to show you what I mean by be be firm about your truth. All right, so I'm working here. And for those of you who may go look me up a little bit more, you will see that I have some perspectives that um, are always way outside of the box and mainstream. Um, they wanted the whole company to get um, life insurance. And it was a, you know, a deal that they got for the entire company. And 
I, for me, it was because there's so much that I understood. I like, okay, well, I'll take the dental, but I don't want that part. I don't want the life insurance. And they couldn't, they just couldn't understand why would you do that? Why would you not get that? You know, this is free, da, 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 da. Okay, yeah, but I don't want that. And it created such a stir in the, 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 the company and in the, uh, I forgot what insurance company it was, like that, that group insurance. They were like, well, we're not gonna be able to get the whole company this insurance if you do not participate. Right? If you don't, it, because it's this group package thing. So I said, okay, well, I, I, I don't want it. And so the vice, even the, the president at the time the, the, came to me and he says, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, what, what, what if your um, something happens and, you know, your loved ones? I go, well, if something happens, then it wouldn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I think that would be the least of my worries. So, Anyway, uh, ultimately, cut a long story short, I said, okay, make me an independent contractor then. This way, I'm separate. Oh, they still didn't, well, I don't want to do that. I go, okay, well, here's the deal. You either make me an independent contractor or I will quit. I will just leave. Okay, I have bills to pay and stuff. I don't have anything else lined up. But I was so, my conviction on this was just like, this is my truth and I'm not going to do that. So ultimately, after them, the company calling me and everybody trying to talk to me, they eventually called me and said, okay, well, we figured it out. We're sending you over a form to sign. And, um, and I didn't have to quit my job. I didn't become an independent contra contractor um, and they changed it. And they, they, they were able to do what they were doing and left me out of it. So my, my point is this, that you have to be cemented in what, what is your truth? You know, who are you? you, you most people would have went, oh, well, I can't lose this job. I knew that I was gonna be okay. I, I, I knew I was just willing to be what, whatever it is. All right, so, okay. So then that was one situation as to how change happened because I was so, certain and anchored in, I am going to be okay no matter what. If that is not your core realization, you will have a problem. You always have to know that no matter what, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Because then you will be okay. Yeah. So Yeah. If I could just say one thing about that, it's like you knew what your beliefs were and you stuck to them. And if you're listening and you're not sure what you believe, which this life insurance thing, Sony offline, we need to talk about that at some point, but <laughs> I need to get you back on to talk about the weird stuff. <laughs> um, but like, if you don't know what you believe, it it's kind of irrelevant. Like you need to figure it out on a more positive side and a more proactive side, because you're going to have beliefs no matter what. They just, you're just not aware of them. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. You just have to see how you, how you are behaving. Your behavior um, leads you to starting to be aware conscious of hearing that the, you're thinking paying attention to how you're thinking what what are your thoughts uh you, you just become more in tune with yourself and that's where the truthful part comes in not to blame yourself or to shame yourself um or to, to you know whatever scold yourself but it is an opportunity to see what you're made of what, who am i 
And in, in that moment, you stop and you start to be just more in the moment. You're more conscious. And that's how you start to know what the beliefs are that you've been running around with. Uh, and that's when you make your decisions. Ah, oh, wow. Okay. I'm ready to, to change that. I'm ready to make those changes because you have to give approval. You know, your brain is, is, is looks for patterns. That's what it does. It, 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 it runs, it works off of the patterns and you are working off of a blueprint of what reality looks like for you. So there's always this blueprint there. So you are going to need to interrupt the pattern, right? That's how we form new habits, new behaviors. You're going to need to interrupt that pattern. So your brain starts to now see, oh, okay, that pattern has changed. The blueprint now changes and it's like, oh, okay, so this is what we're operating by. And this is constant. This isn't you change it and then you're stuck. No, that's why you, you, you um, new things allow to, you to create new neural pathways. It's a very, this is all very, very important to not being stuck but to continue to expand and grow. It's very essential. So the, the situation I think that I talked about was, um, which we don't have time to go through that whole thing, but I had put myself through a process of um, money, of, of understanding money in a deep way, in a very difficult and challenging way at the time, which is to um, decide that I was, I didn't want to feel like I was being held hostage by money anymore. I just did not want that anymore, even though money was coming in. But then I also saw uh, that I saw, saw my dependency as well. And I knew that there was a way to have money without the same kind of attachment. It's like, and not just have money, but have the things that are required in my personal reality without thinking that it was just gonna be money that would do it or solve it. And so you're all out looking for the next money thing. And I just said, you know what? I'm just, I don't feel like that anymore. So I took myself on this quest, which means I stopped doing workshops. I, I just wasn't doing anything. And I wanted to see that if I did nothing, <laughs> would I be okay? Like, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I, but, but I was willing to, at that point, let everything seem to, fall apart like i was willing to do that because i really felt like there was this bridge that had to be crossed in your mind and again in the programs in your brain in the um habitual way in which we've been operating in the mindset and the process i knew that there was scientific value to this and i just needed to stop so i did and then i stopped checking my bank account. I think I, at that point, there was one point I was down to like 25 cents. <laughs> and so I stopped checking it. And because I know that the more I checked it is the more every time I would check, I am expecting to see not much. I'm, I, so, so I started to realize that it was like, oh, you're reaffirming, you're reaffirming. So I stopped. All right. So I'm going to fast forward. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of, um, of what happened, but um, I took myself through this process for like eight months. And in that time, um, there was a lot of, lot of crying, a lot of tears, a lot of what are you doing? A lot of crazy moments, a lot of, um, wait a second, you're okay. Cause you know, none of this is real. So I don't think you want, I don't even want to get into that for your people at this time. Um, so anyway, basically bottom line of it, I took myself through this, this process and once I was through the process enough where I was free to let 
if everything like collapsed, I was okay with it. But but it's like I knew it wasn't going to. But but then I was just like, oh, and I and then I finally was into a, a this free space, and I realized ultimately what we fear is the consequences. That was one of the biggest things that freed me. What we fear is the consequences of not doing this or not having the money. You can't pay your, your rent, you get kicked out. Can't pay your mortgage, you, you, know, you, you go into foreclosure. You know, all these things that we are afraid of the consequences, you have no money, you can't eat. You think about it, the attachment. And so I now had to navigate around that and go, it's the consequences that we fear. Oh, okay, okay. So once I got that, then I worked into this whole other space. Once I got there where I could laugh at my situation, the times were like, oh, okay, well, this is what we're eating today because um, <laughs> then, then I got a, I got an email out of like out of the blue that's uh, from somebody that said, I'm, I'm, I'm coming into town, I'm coming from out of the country and I want to talk to you about something, um, a project. And I was like, okay. So they came and uh, I met them and we talked and they said, okay, this is what I'd love for you to do um, for me, you know, because you're really a, an expert with doing this. And I said, oh, okay. And then they said, well, what do you think it will, it will cost? And I said, I said, well, 25,000. And the person said, okay, no problem. Um, and I was so free with it. It wasn't mm -hmm. like, oh man, if I say too much, you know, it, it, I, I had already just let go. So, yeah, you know, um, and then I went back home and then I thought about it. I was like, no, I think I need 30,000. <laughs> So I, I sent an email and I go, make that 30,000. And they said, oh, okay, no problem. All right, so send me the, the, the bank account information and um, I'll, wire, I'll wire half today and half in the following day or whatever. And, uh, and, and so that's, that was one of the, the, the biggest things that had happened in that moment besides all the other little things that happened along the way that kept everything going with credits that I didn't know I had for paying my bill. And they're, you know, that they're telling me, oh yeah, yeah, you have, you have a credit. Okay. That paid the whole, whatever bill it was. So it was all those things that were happening along the way that was letting me know there's something more at work here. Money is the wiring that we have that actually in our world, it takes us away from the actual master concept, the actual magic concept of us, the that ability that we have to be really truly connected with, um, okay, we'll say the universe because a lot of people can relate to that, but connected with this, this infinite source that we are and, and that anything you want, it's like the genie's lamp, rubbing the genie's lamp at any given time and it produces what you want. So money doesn't, it's not always about the money to get you what you want. And it's like changing that concept as to how things can show up. Then you start to free up this thing about money because it's not, you're not locking yourself into it in that manner. But anyway, bottom line of it, um, after that too, other things 
like just kind of unfolded, just opened up. I was free to do at the time a mini workshop. I now I was in a space of eh, I feel like I I might want to do something workshop. Wasn't tied to it one way or another. If people want to come, they come. If not, and and it was like five hundred dollars and. I just kind of put it out there and went on about my life. And then surprisingly, it was like, you know, 20 people signed up for it. Um, I think it was 20 people, but people were just signing up for it. But I had freed myself from, oh my God, you know, is that too much? What if I was in like this whole other space of, and you so know, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so that allowed me to, um, to, to, really share that and there's a, a workshop on there called um um the ultimate game changer um and that was that was actually one where i talked about the money um in in this way in more detail and people that i have dealt with that have been part of my workshops and retreat for the last many years they've take i've watched them take themselves through that process um as well so, and people who were like, oh my gosh, Sonia, I don't know. I, I like to pay all my bills on time. And, um, you know, and I was trying to show them that it wasn't about paying your bills on time or not paying your bills on time, but I was showing them the reason why they were even doing that is because there were consequences and they were scared of those consequences. And then the responsibility program was running. So I was trying to show all these attachments that we have to it and there are people listening they're like yeah well you know no i i like to do things a certain way all i'm trying to do is show you all the underlying attachments but on the surface you give yourself these other validation these other reasons and if we can get to these underlying running programs like on your computer where you you know computer is slow and then but it turns out you've got like trojan horse and whatever it is you've got running in the background you know, and you clear them and then it moves. So if we realize that we're running programs that are anchoring us to um, our lives, to the choices that we make, to, to way, the way we think, and then ship them, it, it, it just makes a huge difference in, in freeing yourself. Man, on behalf of everyone, thank you for experimenting with that <laughs> and having the bravery to like, sheesh, that's amazing and very inspiring. Yeah, it was definitely um, it was definitely a very very tough at the time process. There's more things I understand about it now mm -hmm. with you know helping other people, but to watch other people, people who actually flourished with money, because you could have what we call a lot of money and still have these money programs. This is what people don't understand, oh, yeah. you know. I mean, the guy from um, um, not Little Caesars. Well, what's the other pizza that? company that's really big um god it wasn't domino's i forgot what the other one is but um but little john's pizza mm -hmm. i remember he said and, and and in our world are as wealthy as he was he had a fear of losing all his money of you know so so you see he still had his program there so just because someone is running a wealth program doesn't mean that they don't have some underlying these underlying fears and they're they're called survival it's it's in there somewhere so we just need to be able to understand how these survival programs work and 
the attachments um, that are there for them and how they ultimately affect our lives, you know, the choices we make and the lives that we experience. So yeah. it's, it's, it's ongoing. It's a, it's an ongoing process. Cause you can go through, I went through that transformation. And even though I went through that transformation, there were still layers yet to go. I just didn't realize the number of layers because one of the things you realize is that when you have what for you, whatever that comfort amount of money is, got a hundred thousand in the bank uh or 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 it could be where you have a hundred dollars in your pocket and you're feeling good you're feeling high on top of the world like you said you know i I love it because everybody's always so positive then and you know their 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 spirituality is just oozing out everywhere because you know they've got some comfort some money there but i'm always fascinated with when that money drops below their comfort level. Oh, we'll, we'll just see how spiritual you are at that point. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh my gosh. That's so true. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, you know, everything's great. It's like, oh, the universe is so wonderful. Um, (laughs) and you're just dropped. You're like, oh, I don't know. You're quietly thinking that. And then it gets lower and it's like, oh, that's the truth of where you are. And that's something that I had to learn is that when um, when money started falling to a certain place, could I still be anchored? Could I still be there? And, you know, it took, so, it took, I mean, it was easier to shift out of it then, but I had to see that. I had to see the wiring. And, and then the more I got it is the more eventually you just, eh, you, you, you just step away from it. You just, it's just not even like a factor anymore. Cause why? Because you have learned that ultimately you will be okay. You don't have to worry about the consequences because you will be okay. And with that, everything just comes together. Like, like things just happen for you. They just work because you're no longer needing to learn about consequences and trust and being okay. That is no longer necessary for you. Well, when it's still necessary, part of the learning here, because you're always in school, life is school. And um, everything we do is just another course. It's like a college course, high school course or whatever. You're always taking a course. And that's what I learned. You know, you're always taking a course. And when we can approach life from that uh, standpoint, we realize we're taking a course. Could be a relationship course. How many times have you gone down the road with that same kind of relationship? You're well, that's because you you're not passing the course. <laughs> you don't seem to be getting an A in the course. That well, you're getting an A and keep doing it, but mm. to really pass it, like, oh, I see. This is about me. This is about me. Oh, finally. Oh, so this is what I think of myself. This is what I believe. This is what I've heard my family saying, my parents saying, this is what I, okay, all right. So that's no longer true. I said, not only that, is is it really still necessary? No, it's no longer necessary. And you take yourself through, that's how you start taking yourself through the process of, um, of the kind of changes that you, you want to make. Man, I absolutely love that reframe of money being a, an arena for personal growth. 
the thing that can bring the most super spiritual people to their knees, you know, not having quote enough of it, like that being an arena to see where you're at. So, so good. So important. And I'm surprised we don't hear this more often. Really. And a lot of people who are tend to be in the, the movement, the spiritual or conscious movement, you get a lot of people who are having challenges, you know, with money and, um, and then they're, they're saying one thing, but then you're saying, you know, um, a need for you to donate, donate donations is the only way that we can, you know, keep giving you this information. And so for me, I was like, well, you know, for myself, I'm like, yeah, that, that's like looping myself into an idea, a thought, a belief system again now, because now I'm putting it off on you that you've got to donate in order to keep me going. So that's that's going to be my terms and conditions now. That's going to be my law that I've created that unless I have these donations, I'm going to be you know limited. So you're not saying that you can't have donations. I'm just saying the mindset, you have to look at the, where you're coming from with the with the mindset the belief um and and also real quick too the um when i was talking about people i think and and groups sometimes we feel guilty um about having more if 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 we notice we'll have conversations we might have conversations with somebody that may be in a more lack position from you and we almost don't want them to feel bad so you just say yeah yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm doing this or, you know, I'm kind of dealing, whatever. We, 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 it's how we bond and we need to look at that. If that's what you're doing, you're having to agree. Um, and you don't, you, you, you don't want to seem like you have too much. Maybe you have family that may say, oh, well, you're just kind of being uppity right now or you have attitude, whatever. It's amazing how all of those things can be running in the background and we, use them to sabotage ourselves or to limit ourselves because we don't want to be um, excluded. We don't want to seem like we're, we stand out, we're over here and they're over there. So lots of things that we do um, out of fear. And, it, and again, that's a survival program um, of, of the group not wanting to be exiled from the group. Um, and I did an article a couple of days ago that um that talked about that a little bit as to where that some of that comes from and for from ancient societies your your um ancestors you know migrating from one place to the next and you know for for survival reasons you know for the land maybe maybe there's drought maybe they have to go somewhere else where there's more water lots of survival involved in terms of the migration and as an, an individual may not want to leave the group, they may think about it, but if they leave the society or the group, it's going to be in their minds or they're told it's going to be harder to survive on your own. So you want to stay with the group because it's going to be, it's for your own survival. Well, I think some of those, those programs are still running in us today, which is why we have such a challenge with wanting to stand out, to stick out from the group we we want to belong we don't want to be kicked out um of the social group or the family group or whatever it is so it's very interesting the the programs that are running that are coming from uh, way back you know thousands of years because we're wired to survive so mm -hmm. survival is a big part of um our makeup 
I love that. One of my top five beliefs or ways that I like to do life or attempt to do life is honoring the ancient ways in a modern world, like mm-hmm. always looking back to the ancient mm-hmm. to find out what's going on really. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, so where can people find more about how they can work with you, find that article? Where can they go? Um, go to the real And um, yeah, you, you go to the real all my other websites, you'll be able to access from there. But um, go to, you know, if you want to see some of these articles, go to articles. The, the more current articles are under its articles and then you'll get a selection and then it just go to where it says Sonia's articles and all the newest articles are right there. Um, and anything else for, for um, coaching for a series of consultations or, you know, coaching, you, it's right there. You'll be able to click on it and it'll give you information. Uh, my store has pretty much every workshop I've ever done um, is in the store. And I, I did it that way because I don't do the same workshop twice. I don't go around doing the same workshop, you know, for like two, three years. I just do it one time and it's, everything is about progression. It's growth. So when, when I do that, I, everything is because I'm growing. So I, every next one that I do is just takes you into another level. And so that's, that's why all those workshops are there. So people can go back in time and, and, and whatever calls to them, um, they can go back and they can get that particular workshop. Maybe I'm over here now, but it's, what's the word? It's all um, connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's oh, all great. connected. And I do, you know, retreats uh, like once a year and um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So does a workshop come to mind that would help people if they're really interested in what we talked about today? Um, I think the ultimate, there's a couple of money workshops. I'm not looking at them. The ultimate game changer gives the whole story, but I'd have to look on here right now, but there's other money workshops. Um, There's one that um, is about um, money, money, time, and life just to get people to understand that they're spending how the concept of spending money, spending time, spending their life, that they're all the same thing. E- that each one we fear running out of. We fear running out of our life. We fear running out of money. We, we just fear running out of time. And how, how that all that wiring um, of, of fear of lack of these things, how they all connect. So that's a really good workshop as well. And it will say that um, about time, money, um, I think time, money and life, either way, they, they will see it. So those are a couple of the money workshops, And that was actually a six month workshop. So mm-hmm. it's six parts and probably, I don't know, like 12 hours. Um, yeah. All right, great. And for people who want to catch you with what you're geeking out on right now, what's the new thing that you're working on? Um, that was a good, I, good question. <laughs> I'm like, what am I, I am always just evolving everything. I, everything that I talk about, I I'm just always evolving that. Um, one of the things that I do talk about uh, that I'm known for talking about and the big topic to me is, um, longevity. It's, you know, it's the idea of, um, the birth to death program and helping people to, 
switch out of that program. So I do talk a lot about um, that idea of, you know, what is that? Is, you know, like money, um, is, is it something that is essential? I mean, is there a transformation process that can happen um, besides this idea of, of physical death? So, uh, so, so I, you know, so those are really, really, for people who are really in that space, um, those are the things. And I'm getting ready to put up a couple of uh, courses actually that I did, particularly last year, it was a six part series that helps people to really understand, like get a, a core understanding. And, and anybody who wanted to come to like retreat after this anyway, they, they would have to have taken like this particular course because the, you know, the retreats are, are, are very different. They're, they're just very different in, in the way that I do. Everything is kind of very different. I try to break people out of their boxes. Um, mm. So, and the reality Wednesday is a free teleconference I do once a month. It's the first Wednesday of every month. And that's a great place to come um, and, you know, listen to the talk and share and all of that. And there's always the, the latest two that's on the website. If they go, there's, they're always available. And people who are members of the website, they um, have access to to like a whole last two or three years of of these work of these uh, free talks, um, and ex the expansion zone portal is also something that I do once a month for members. But we explore very edgy topics and films um, that are sci you know that kind of sci-fi and how it relates to now and all of that. So, man, I'm into that. Okay, I'm gonna sign up for that <laughs> portal for sure. <laughs> Sonia, thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun and I'm sure it was incredibly illuminating for everybody listening. So thank you so much. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't too confusing. I think these things, sometimes you have to listen to it um, several times. And I think when people have to listen to something several times or they're like, oh, it was over my head. Don't just say, oh, it was over my head. Figure out why would it be over my head? That means there's a program there that's sort of blocking us from opening up to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Take what sounds most alive to you, run with that and come back later once you're like, okay, I got that figured out. Good point. All right, Sonia, have a great day and I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon. All right, thank you so much. It was really a, a lot of fun. my